So for today's show, we're going to do something a little different. Um, unfortunately, we were hit with the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant, who uh, means a lot to the three of us, uh, Brent, myself, and, and Joshua. For one, we're all, all super big Laker fans. Is that fair to say, boys? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think it's the only sports team that we agree upon that we're all diehards of. Yeah. I would think Brent was the first one to to bring that to light about how that was the only team we've kind of all have supported since we were young. Yeah. I mean, knowing we've known each other for a long time and, you know, with football teams, we all have different favorite football teams and baseball teams. And, but the Lakers are the team that we're, we're all together on. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, Kobe Bryant's definitely the three of our favorite athlete of all time. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then I think that was, what's really cool is that we all, shared that yeah you know we all had the same look in our eye when we got to talk about him or see him play or you know watch him yeah so today's show will be a little different it won't be as uh finance heavy as it usually is and we're going to talk a little bit about what kobe bryant meant to us and our favorite kobe moments but then we will wrap it up with the end on some really good financial planning lessons you can learn from the the life of kobe bryant uh, you guys ready to get started? Yeah, I guess, uh, Matthew, what was your favorite Kobe moment? My favorite Kobe moment, I, there's a lot. And I'm sure a lot of mine will, will be, you know, the same as your guys's. But, um, man, I remember watching that final game and Kobe was having such a bad season. I mean, he was done. He wasn't even really playing anymore. He, he was, uh, the NBA had passed him up. He was a shell of his former self. Um, his trademark shot, the mid-range jumper, had kind of been proven statistically irrelevant. Like it was either you dunk the ball or you shoot a three-pointer. And watching him torch Utah for 60 points on 50 shots, and I know that's really inefficient, but man, it was such a joy in his final game. And it was a real treat for all of us fans who've watched him since he was you know, 18, 19 years old as a Laker. Um, what about you, Joshua? Uh, before I, before I answer that, just on, on that moment too, it was like a flashback in time watching that game. Right. Like, you know, you got to see old young Kobe <laughs> score 50 points, even though we hadn't seen him, him do that on the court in a while. But watching that last game was really, really, really special. He just demanded the ball like he used to. And yeah. Just took control of the game and he led. Yeah, and like you, you just I, I in my mind I kept linking that to like old memories of Kobe, like right. in old games that he did that or yep. he had made that jumper or he got to the rim that way. So that was just <clears throat> a good moment. I know you said that we'd have a lot of the same favorite moments, but you know, obviously have, that one was really good. Have either of you rewatched the game since his passing? I watched parts of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I've watched that and the the eighty one. It struck me though, like I remembered it in my brain so different than it actually played out. Like I remembered him just being on fire and like, you know, just knocking down shots and three pointers and getting to the line. But uh, man, did he miss a lot of shots. It didn't really <laughs> quite go that way. <laughs> well, uh, like, it's still a good memory. Yeah, absolutely. I have kind of just two favorite moments, I guess. One of my favorite moments 
was just watching him play live. I had to like pick a moment. It was anytime I got to go to Staples Center and watch Kobe play live in LA. I mean, it's, you know, where I grew up and where I um, am from and still live. And um, so just watching him play in our, you know, home city and um, getting to watch greatness play live was, was my favorite. Um, and then to kind of just piggyback that, um, another one of just my favorite moments was when he won his first gold medal with the USA Olympic team. Um, to watch him just be so motivated and so driven um, and really, you know, kind of step up as a leader on that team and win a gold medal for, you know, the United States was, was really special to me. Um, and I really loved that moment of watching him. Uh, one of my favorite athletes go out there, my favorite athlete go out there and um, win a gold medal for the United States. So that was one that stuck out to me that was really special. You know what's crazy is I actually didn't watch that game. Do you, what year was it? I think it was in 08. It was in Beijing. Yeah. I think you're right, 08. Yeah, I, I don't have any remem- memory of that game. And so I must have been working mm. in, in New York. Because it would have been, if it was in Beijing, it would have been on it pretty early it in the like morning. It was like 2 or 3 in the morning. Yeah. It was on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Early morning or Sunday mm-hmm. early morning. Oh, uh, yeah. was it? Yeah. Uh, I have no recollection of that game at all. Um, but I've heard some great stories from other other people's podcasts about that game. Yeah, you got to go back and watch that game. That's they have game a really yeah, they have a really good highlight uh, video. Uh, okay, just Kobe dominating that game. I'll have to look fun. it up after the show. He willed his, that team to victory in that game. He took over that game. What I heard from the Bill Simmons podcast is that everyone on the team, LeBron James, I think Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, he said they got the deer in the headlights look. Mm-hmm. And that Kobe just pretty much said, I got this, guys, and took over. You can just see him in, even in the highlights. And I remember that night just maybe not appreciating as it much as I do now going back and looking um, on that game. But watching the highlights today, just how focused he was. Like Always. how just all that mattered was winning that gold medal. Mm-hmm. And just to see how sharp he was, too like his jumper getting to the the rim all of the, the aspects of his game and seeing how sharp he was because you knew it meant so much to him and that was real special to watch he was a very driven guy yeah absolutely yeah 08 was the 08 09 10 was the peak of his uh, uh nba ability I, mm-hmm. I would definitely say yeah and so, i mean he looked just you know, as athletic as everybody on the court at that point, you know, even with LeBron James and some of the younger stars on that team. Absolutely. Brent, what was your favorite moment? Uh, My favorite moment, I have moments, obviously. I mean, I I think it's so hard to pick out one moment for Kobe. My favorite set of moments, though, is having him hit game-winning big shots. I mean, there's just so many of them. There's Sacramento, there's Portland, there's Utah. There's game after game after game when there was three seconds left and they were down by one, they were down by two, they were down by three. He would come out and he would just hit that last big shot. Unbelievable. You knew he was getting the ball. You knew he was going to make it. And most of the time, he always made it. And if that ball, for whatever reason, because the team double teamed him or triple teamed him, went to somebody else, they weren't going to make that shot. That was the only person that could make that shot at the end of the game was Kobe. And he was as clutch as anybody. He was the best at finishing a game, and it just says to his mentality. The other big thing to me was also that last game against Boston. Game seven of the finals, he didn't have it that night. His shot wasn't going in, 
and he didn't just keep trying to force it. He just kept leading on his team, and he kept moving the ball around. And Ron Artest came out big. World but, peace? Yep. I mean, that solidified that game, that won that game at home, because that game could have been lost very easily. Uh, 100%. Yeah. And um, to, I think he had – he ended with, like, 25 rebounds. Yep. Because that wasn't Kobe's game was to, to right. get rebounds. But – I had watched just an interview about that game and him saying that he just didn't have it that night. And he said he had to find another way to make his mark on that game. He did. And it was, you know, passing. It was, I'm going to go out and get 25 rebounds. I think it was 25 or 28, but just amazing game. The last thing that I have to say, though, of the Kobe moments, and, and I think it just is a testament to who he was, was when he tore his Achilles. The that day, was crazy. His Achilles popped. He wasn't going to go out of the game on an injury, like somebody carrying him out. He went to the free throw line because he got fouled when his Achilles went out. He made his two free throws, of course, and then walked off the court himself. Like nobody walks off when they tear their Achilles. He walked off by himself. I mean, the guy was so driven, so focused, so good at everything that he did. It stands for who and what he stood for. He was tough. Yeah, very tough. Any, anything else? I think we could talk for hours about Kobe moments. Yeah, and moments. I know you asked me my favorite moment, but I think we both had, what, two or yeah, three? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the 81-point game was, yeah. was pretty cool. I mean, we were all pretty young when that happened. Yeah. Um, but I actually remember all of us talking about it, so I don't know if we had the BBM chat going back in those days. Or, no, BlackBerry. Yeah. Now know. that we talk about Apple a lot, that was BlackBerry back yeah. in the day. Yeah, that was a big Sunday night game, too, against Toronto. Yeah, that was fun to watch. Um, but uh, have either of you met Kobe? No. No. So I recently, um, since his passing, found out a way I could have met Kobe. And... Um, I'm really disappointed I didn't know this before because I probably would have done it. But supposedly, have either of you been to the Newport Coast area where Kobe Bryant lived, you know, yeah. the, the mm -hmm. hill he lived up on? Yeah. yeah. So if you uh, start driving back towards the 73 freeway, there's a shopping center. There's a pavilions and a Starbucks inside that shopping center. Yeah, I know where that's at. It's right by Pelican Hill. And Exactly. And rumor has it, that at 6 a.m. after he was done working out every morning, uh, this is retired Kobe, mm. uh, would go to the Starbucks there and pick up his coffee. Mm. So you were just going to go sit and wait until he walked in? <laughs> if I knew that, yeah. I would have I gone to that Newport Coast Starbucks a few times just to, just to meet him because uh, I would have loved to have met the, met the guy. Yeah, yeah. The, the closest I ever got to him, I did a half court shot at the Laker game. I got selected walking in a Staples Center. Uh, my parents had taken me for my birthday to a Laker game. Um, I'm airballed the half court shot. You didn't so. even hit the rim. No, I didn't. Well, hold I on. I was disappointed. Let's, 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 let's go back. Jeez. So, how, how do you even get selected for that? Yeah, I was just walking in the stadium, so I, it was you know probably about a 45 minutes before the game started uh we're walking into staples center uh and one of like the laker workers in a polo comes up to me and she's like hey would you like to take the half court shot today and i'm like yeah how she's, old were you i was 20 probably like 22 23 are you sober when you did this um i had a few drinks before 
I'm not gonna is that, lie. Are you gonna blame the airball and the drinks? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, if I would have known that, I wouldn't have. Uh, I wouldn't have drank. But you had no idea. I didn't know how they selected that or anything. So uh, they just told me to where to go after uh, halftime. So I got to uh, go down onto the court for the whole third quarter because you do the shot. It's not actually halftime. It's actually after the third quarter ends. And so uh, me, I got, I took my little brother and we watched the uh, third quarter down at on the floor. And then I got to take my shot and I, I airballed. And then um, <laughs> your little brother, Jacob. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he was with me had to take a picture with me. Um, but what an experience. It was really cool. And then um, uh, what's the announcer's name? McDonald. Uh, Bill McDonald. Yeah. So he he like is, is that oh, is Norm. It? Norm is Norm. Norm. Huh? Where did I get Bill from? <laughs> he's uh, he's interviewing me coming off, and, and my he was like, "Do you have anything to say?" And I was just like, "Love you, Kobe. Go Lakers." Did you go on, t- off, did you go so, on TV? Um, I don't I don't know if anyone actually caught me on TV, but really special experience. That's cool. Can we talk about the airball for just a couple seconds? Yeah, absolutely. So when you say you airballed it, was it like on target, but just a little short or was it way away from the rim? No. Yeah, no, I was pretty on, um, target. Just, just a little short. It was just a little short. Yeah, the pressure. It, it was even like, I mean, I haven't, I played basketball kind of recreationally, but never like a, a full size court. It was just like larger than life when you're there with the whole stadium <laughs> looking at you. Um, but it was just a really cool experience. It was Bill McDonald, by the way. Not Norm. Norm's some comedian actor. <laughs> oh, thanks. So, I mean, at that point in your life, you should have probably been able to hit it because we were playing a lot of ball at 24-hour fitness. Yeah, we, we were playing. It was just like it seemed so much further than that. Than that, Because that's a full-size quarter that 24-hour yeah. we used to play at. Yeah, it was. And, you know, the, the couple of cocktails beforehand probably didn't help. Yeah, I'd say. Um all right, well, let's move on to our, our next Kobe discussion. And um, why are we talking about him today? What's he mean to RPA Wealth Management, this company that we all work for? Uh, Brent, do you want to start? I think what Kobe has brought to not only just our business, but businesses in general and into the entire Los Angeles region, Southern California area is his mentality. When you look at Mamba mentality and what that actually means, there's so much that that actually stands for. I mean, we could probably write and talk for hours about what Mamba mentality means to all of us. But what it also stood for is that you didn't have to be the smartest person in the room. You didn't have to be the best looking person in the room. You didn't have to be the tallest person in the room. But if you work hard and you worked harder than the people next to you, then you can do anything in life. And if, if you just put your mind to something and give it your all, then you'll be successful. And when I started out in this business, I mean, I was 23 years old. There's not a lot of people who want to trust a 23-year-old with their life savings. 23-year-old who looks 16. Yeah. I looked young. I was fresh out of college or just finishing my last year of college. There's not a lot of people that are like, hey, you know what? Let me put all my life savings with this person who's you know, just barely getting started. So there was a lot of long days. There was a lot of bad days. There was a lot of long years that led up to get to where we're at today. But I had always had it in the back of my mind when I started and when I would have those bad days, that mama mentality, like you persevere, like you're driven 
and I would think of Kobe back in those days. Like you just keep your head down, you focus, and if you keep your mind to it, you can get through those tough failures and those tough days. He that mentality is some of the foundation that we have today. And I'll tell you a little bit of another side story. When his mentality meant so much, I think to so many people, not only just here, but everywhere, that when he would hit those big shots, he would go jaw face, right? He'd put his jaw yeah, out. Yeah, jaw face. You know, you could go jaw face anywhere. When my wife was giving birth to my son, the one thing I kept telling her, well, it was like, so the nurses came in, they're like, okay, it's time to push. And I told my wife, I'm like, all right, let's go jaw face. So as she's like pushing, I'm like telling her jaw face. I told her that so much. I didn't even realize I just kept saying it over and over and over again that she told me, she was like, you got to stop, like stop, <laughs> like, just stop. And so, but that was just, that's what it meant. It meant so much to all of us. Like you go jaw face and in that moment you, you go through it and you handle it. And you know, that's what he brought to everybody. Yeah. I remember that, um, when I started working with you and, uh, you'd go into a big client meeting, I would always tell you to go Mamba mode. Yep. Or like you said, jaw face. Yep. And I, I always saw it as in, in a way like you were our office's Kobe Bryant, right? You put the work in you and you would do whatever it takes to get the job done. I always saw myself as Phil Jackson, Zen Master. <laughs> <laughs> you would just sit there on the bench? <laughs> no, no, I was coaching. Yeah, okay, gotcha. <laughs> you know, but, and I think that that's what, what's so cool about, you know, growing up in this area and loving the Lakers and Kobe Bryant, but you say jaw face, you know what that means. You know what that entails. You know everything yeah. behind, you know, what Mamba mentality or jaw face truly means. His, right. you know, all of those aspects that he has and, and everything he brings um so just really 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 cool story i mean when when we would do seminars and when we first started doing them i mean we didn't you know the, you're going up there as a young kid talking in front of big groups of people and you know that's one of the things that we would always discuss kind of together is just go jaw face mamba mentality put your mind to it focus work harder and you'll get through it and it, he was a motivating factor for so many people. And when he passed away, I feel like a part of all of us left that day because he meant more. It wasn't just basketball. It wasn't just sports. It was a way of life. It's that meaning of we got to work hard and you work hard and, and anybody could do anything if they just put their mind to it and do what you love and what you're passionate about. And when he passed, I mean, I feel like because he he provided so much of that knowledge and had that so much of that meaning towards all of us that when he did pass a little bit of that that left us and that 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 is hard yeah and i think to me he was almost like a a real life superhero right i think uh, even greg popovich said that this week but he was our sports superhero you know he had everything we wanted you know to mock ourselves too right you know everything that you said about drive and motivation and and then to see him pass it was almost like there's no way right he's you know my sports idol right uh, he's my sports superhero yeah. so how, how could this happen but um so many good lessons that you had just mentioned that we talked about that are great and i think this is probably a great spot to pivot into the financial lessons that we could all learn from you know kobe bryant while he was alive and then you, you know, after he passed, 
Josh, do you want to start with yours? Yeah. Um, one that when we were kind of talking about this question that stuck out to me was setting goals. You know, we talk about goals in probably every podcast that we've done, um, talking about goals in every financial planning meeting. And one thing that you can see with, just in sports with, in general is there is a goal. We want to win, whether if it's the game, whether if it's the championship and having passion for that goal. And so, you know, the one lesson that I see is, you know, when you do set those short-term and long-term goals, the same with financial planning, your focus is stronger. You're more sharp. We can devote all of our energy to that common goal. And so he really did a good job of, of, you know, expressing that to the world. And, um, that's one big relation that I see through financial planning that I've taken from Kobe and, and all of the, the recent news. Um, and then just that, that practice makes perfect along with reaching those goals. So continue to practice your craft, continue to strategize and adjust your craft um, to making sure we're reaching these goals and being the best person you can be. So those are just two things that I think that can, we can take directly from that, you know, basketball court or, or his life and, and implement it right into our financial plans. Do you remember that summer he went away? Um, well, he didn't go away. I think he was in Newport Beach. But where he came back the next season and he had a post game, he like a low post game. Oh, like yeah. He previously yes. didn't have one, like a back-to-the-basket move or mm-hmm. anything. And then he came back and he was unstoppable back-to-the-basket. So mm-hmm. much so, he would just start uh, backing guys down and then he'd hit his fadeaway jumper. Yeah. Who did he work with? I forgot. Was it Olajuwon? It, one of the, it was one of the big centers. One yeah. of the, I can't remember who it was, but yeah. That's incredible. Right. It's like he went away with the goal. I'm going to get better at X. And by the time the next season started, he, he was one of the best low post players in the league. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Yeah. What are, uh, Matthew, some of the financial planning lessons that you thought we could learn from Kobe? I, I have a few. Um, th- there's the obvious ones, um, right? I mean, we do a whole meeting on protecting clients right so protection is life insurance it could be disability insurance uh it could be as silly as you know making sure you have a homeowner's insurance policy a good one right auto insurance you know going through all those insurance policies because that's what it's for it's protection it's protecting you in a uh unthinkable event right the one percent event um and then making sure you have the proper estate planning documents mm-hmm if you have young kids, who's going to take care of your kids if something were to happen to you? Right. If who's going to manage your money when something happens to you? Right. In most couples and most relationships we see, there's usually one person who's in charge of all the money. Right. Well, does, does your spouse know how to manage the money if something were to happen to you? Right. And not even the money, but if you're a small business owner, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Succession planning. I mean, Kobe, that was his next venture. I think Body Armor, he had a couple other businesses. Yeah. So I know that's you know goes hand in hand with the estate planning, but great point. And then also, I think that one lesson that retirees and, um, you know, millennials or people moving up the career ladder could, could take away from Kobe is you got to be really willing to always reinvent yourself. Right whether it fits your your basketball game becoming a low post player or if it is you know creating a new business because you're retiring or following passion projects i mean his list 
what he did in the what three years he was retired was almost more impressive than what he did on the court right yeah i agree and i I mean if you're a a retiree you're driving to work you're listening to us right now you're in your early 60s and you're thinking you're going to work until your 70s well you might actually not be in control of that so you better have a plan for those five to six years if you do get laid off and you don't know when that that time's gonna come no you don't it's a part of your life you're not in control of or even when he tore his Achilles, like Brian had mentioned earlier, yep. you know, that kind of expedited his, his retirement. It did. He was never the same. He can never elevate again. And, you know, he didn't probably ever expect to tear his Achilles. Yeah. I know I don't, so. <laughs> so those are, those are my lessons. Um, you know, reinvent yourself. Don't be afraid for more education or to switch careers or to, you know, try and make more money or, or make better. I mean, he easily could have sat by and collected his 25 million a year from the Lakers and saved a little and not done anything the rest of his life. Right. But he kept working to, because it was his passion and to to better humanity for it. Right. Uh, What about you, Brent? Uh, The first thing that came to mind when I heard he had passed away and then started thinking about all that his wife now has to do, knowing that Kobe was such a dominant personality and he uh, was a, con- a person that seemed to, to be always in control of things. I just started to wonder how his wife would then start to take control over everything that he probably had been controlling and doing. It makes me think that these financial issues should be talked about with your adult kids. It should be talked about with your family, people who are going to control your stuff after you're gone. Those conversations should be had. So that somebody, in an untimely event that something does happen, they, you do know what to do. The other thing is, is that if you do have an advisor and you are meeting with an advisor, that the advisor is meeting with both of you, the husband and the wife. And that, that's not a directed conversation at one spouse or the other, that the advisor is working with both of you and you both know what's going on. So in the event that something does happen, you know, that both both spouses know exactly what to do and how to take control. And, you know, also creating a list of important contacts, people to contact if something were to happen. Because not only is it just like your taxes and your investment stuff and your bank stuff and your loans, there, there's your insurance. There's so many aspects of it. If someone's taking control over things, if someone's taking now new control, someone's taking over, uh, there's a lot to do. And so you're going to have to need a starting point and to have a list of contacts is a good place to start. You know, and then I think about his businesses. I mean, how does his wife now really start to take control of some of those businesses? So there's a lot that, sh- you know, hopefully she was prepared to do. Hopefully there's succession plan with those businesses. There was a disaster plan. We talk about ours all the time in here. Um, hopefully those plans were put into place and things can continue on as they were before. But it, it's a tough transition. Um, one of the lessons outside of like sort of that sad part of it all uh, is if you really don't do something you love right now, then my gosh, go out and do something you do. Move on. Because if your job isn't providing you the type of enjoyment that you should have and you're there five days a week, sometimes more, go do something that you're more passionate about. Because believe me, there's a lot of jobs that will pay you just as much or more 
And when you do something you love, you'll be the best at it. You'll make more money. It's not a financial issue. Do something that you actually truly love because if you do, when you put your heart to things, you'll be the best at it. You really will. So I think Kobe instilled that to all of us. Yeah, I, I, that's so well put. And, and we see, you know, it happens all the time in this industry. You see people who uh, have a lot of envy, right? Right. Maybe their neighbor built a successful business or they purchased a stock at the right time and made a, a bunch of money. That didn't just randomly happen, people. Right. That came from that Kobe Bryant Mamba mentality, Mamba mode of putting in the work. Right. There's no overnight success story. <laughs> and giving yourself the ability to meet meet that max potential. Right. I think, you know, like you saying that, that's what I think of, of doing what you love and finding that passion. Because if you do what you love, it's less hard to reach that max potential. Right. There's going to be less obstacles because you're willing to run through them. Absolutely. Because you're that passionate about it. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, that's that's one thing that I can definitely hold on to as well. I mean, personally, I don't know about you you guys, but I mean, I haven't worked a day in nine years. Right. Yeah. I mean, to some people, this looks like work, but to me, this is what I'm passionate about. Yeah, it's what we, we love doing, and we get excitement out of it. We enjoy it every day, and we have a good environment to work in, and we enjoy being around each other most of the time. And I was kidding when I said that, but... <laughs> We really do enjoy being around each other. But um, one of the things that's sort of untimely that you brought up is that also when I think about the other families who are involved is, you know, having, if you're younger and you have a young family, I mean, you have guardianship, you need guardianship for your kids. You know, something happens, you need to make sure that you have it outlined how the money is going to be managed and who's going to take care of your kids because those are two very important aspects. I mean, if somebody like Kobe can pass away and we know life is so fragile but an iconic figure who you think takes all the proper precautions and is super safe he's protected he's got a lot of money to protect himself i mean if that can happen to him obviously it can happen to any of us at any time i mean the guy commutes in a helicopter how much yeah. safer is that than driving a car oh i know yeah i was thinking about that driving home last night i was thinking that exact same thing it's, it's crazy and then you know he had the point zero one percent helicopter crash failure yeah it's crazy that that happened because that was just his normal you know he got in his helicopter every day yep i mean i was driving home after dark last night and the amount of cars that were flying down the freeway and speeding in and out it's just incredible and i'm like kobe was safer flying in a helicopter i mean maybe not through fog but <laughs> on a clear day i mean so much safer than these freeways. Yep, absolutely. And I think you had kind of mentioned even the other victims on there. I mean, there was other moms and dads and oh, children. And terrible. and I think what it you know really puts light on though is all of those things we talked about with planning is you know really planning, right? Right. So start the plan. Don't right. wait. Don't wait another day. Don't wait another minute. Um, because tomorrow isn't, you know, promised. So yeah. let's get planning today and, and get you in a better position. So that's one less worry because we know this stuff unfortunately happens in the world. Yep. And one event that we've been planning for a while that we've wanted to do was um, a, a woman's event where we talk about some of the things that what you do in case something does happen to your husband or to the other spouse and 
the person who's not in primary control of the finances, what they would do in, in an untimely event. And I mean, this just goes and reinforces those topics that we're going to talk about later in the year at the event. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that, that workshop we're going to be hosting. Yep. Should be a good one. Yeah. Um, anything else today, boys? No, I just think it's a, it's a sad day that this obviously happened to all of these families. It's just terrible. It just reinforces how special life is, how rare it is. And we only have a short time here. And if you are working a job and you're near retirement and you want to get out and you think you could possibly get out, do planning and get out if you can, if you can afford it. Do the right steps to take to get out and live a happy, beautiful life because it can be cut short at any time. If you are in a job that's miserable, think about the other things that you can do that can be so special that you'll put passion to and move on. Yeah, that's uh, so well said. Um, and, and if you're not sure you, that you can retire, hire a professional. Mm -hmm. It's a small fee mm -hmm. to live that happiness for the rest of your life, to get those extra two, three, four years of retirement. Yeah, I mean, how many people have you in the recent months that weren't thinking that they could retire are now able to retire or have retired? Almost everybody who sits down with me who wants to retire, retires. Yeah. And maybe they are finding a passion project to get some side income. But right. I mean, it's, uh, it's possible. Absolutely. Joshua? No, really well said. And um, I think there's just a lot to learn mm -hmm. from, from the events. And um, just glad we got, we're able to kind of express the way we felt about you know, Kobe, the Lakers, and, and how it kind of relates to our lives. And uh, just glad to have shared my, my stories. Yeah, I think we could talk for hours about what he meant to us and the lessons he taught us. Yeah, absolutely. You guys know how Kobe would end this podcast? Yeah, I do. What would he do? You want to lead it? What? The way he he uh, walked off the court with his final game? With yeah. The microphone? Take it. I'll let you do no, it. No, no, take it away. Mamba out. RPA Wealth Management is a state-registered investment advisor located in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. RPA Wealth Management may only transact business in those states and jurisdictions in which it is registered or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. A copy of RPA Wealth Management's current disclosure statement, Form ADV Part 1, containing RPA Wealth Management's business operations, services, and fees is available by accessing the SEC's Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website. RPA Wealth Management will provide Form ADV Part 2A from Brochure and 2B Brochure Supplement to interested parties upon request. Information provided on this podcast should not be construed as a solicitation or offer or recommendation to acquire or dispose of any investment or engage in any other transaction. RPA Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personal investment advice or financial planning advice through its podcast. RPA Wealth Management podcasts are intended for information and educational purposes only.